Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, well, the Yuga word for gold translates as treasure. But their treasure wasn't gold. It was beer. Discovering how to craft the fine barley and hops into infinitely drinkable beer was their treasure. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back. This is our 197th episode of Hops and Box Office Slops, presented by Woodbam Entertainment. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. And sometimes great movies like this one. Tonight we continue our look at franchise entry flops, meaning entries into beloved franchises that are generally not as well liked, with one of the internet's favorite punching bags, 2008's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I am your swashbuckling archaeologist host, the Thunderous Wizard, and along with me for this journey into the ancient city of Akator are the man weighed down by his lust for gold and chalupas, Chumpzilla. Hey, you're pretty good in a fight, old man. How old are you? 80? I've been waiting for somebody to say that to me my entire life after I deck some KGB agents. Uh, We've also got Stalin's fair-haired girl, Comrade Bling Blake. I barely recognize this pod anymore. You guys have me seeing communists in my soup. Oh, man. Yeah. Jim Broadbent. Bring it in. Dude, love me some Professor Slughorn. I know. So, points for you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Flops. And you can find Wobam Entertainment at W O B A M E N T on Twitter and Instagram. Crystal Skull is free on Paramount Plus, uh, but you should own the Indiana Jones movies. Yes, even this one. Because it comes in a fucking pack, for Christ's sakes. So There's only three. No, there's four, it's, and they are all great. It's, it's a three pack. pack. It's it's a just pack. A, it's a smart financial decision to buy the multi-pack, and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull comes in it. Just do yourself a favor and have all of these. Yeah, I actually own them digitally and on 4K. So of course you do. I yeah. love the Indiana Jones movie. You know what? Because I hate this movie, I'm going to get this in now. At some point, is Disney not going to release the original trilogy of Star Wars unmolested in 4K? Right? Like, because that's like an all the money in the world move. Like, how can they not do that? Okay. To be fair, most of what they did with the special editions is a big whatever for me. The job of the hut thing makes no sense. Obviously, there are some parts that aren't offensive. There are other parts that are distractingly bad, but still like you could have both versions. They could release both of them. And again, it is still all the money in the world to be made there. Yes. What is stopping them? And I will say this, the end of the trilogy, Anakin should be the force ghost, but Yub Nub should be the song. Yub Nub rules. They're playing drums on a dead stormtrooper's head, give me the goddamn Ewok song back. Yeah, that that's that is that was pretty rad. Uh, very Muppety, very Jim Henson. I love that. Like, there's the whole like magic of that moment and like entertainment, whatever. But again, it is an all the money in the world move, Disney. 
Yeah. Give us both versions. Make it a six pack. I'll, I'll with I'm, name yeah. your price. I am putting my money down. I am. I don't pre-order anything. I am going to pre-order that. But anyway, it, I anyway, digress. So let's move on. So we're we're talking Crystal Skull, and for tonight, we're doing a special alcohol, which is Crystal Head vodka infused martinis. Mine, I dubbed the Dirty Grave Robber Martini, and it has pepper jack stuffed olives in it. Fantastic there. But I mean, what's the difference between a grave robber and an archaeologist? Is it just like a time frame? Is it methods? Well, here's the difference. Where do we draw the line? So the master's degree, if you have a master's degree, you're an archaeologist. If you you spent time in the classroom, you're probably probably not a grave robber. But here's the big difference, right? Okay. In the last crusade, we see it. The grave robbers steal the artifact for their own profit. Indiana mm-hmm. Jones later recovers said artifact because it belongs in a museum. Now, see, here's the thing, though. I think it's just a matter of delayed gratification because when Dr. Jones does it, he donates it to a museum. But, you know, that is helping out with his tenure and he's getting kicked. Also, back. I mean, it's not completely, uh, you know, benevolent. Also, dis- discretion is the better part of valor. And it's very clear that Indiana takes when he knows it's okay to take. Whereas at the end of this movie, for example, or the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, shut your eyes. We mm. don't want what we're about yeah. to get. So yeah, that's that's fair. That's, that's where pretty... the PhD comes in. Yeah, yeah. That's uh that is experience and education from the field. Indeed. The classroom. So Crystal Skull, directed by some guy named Steven Spielberg. You may have heard of him. He's done some other shit that you know, people have seen, but nothing. Of I mean, are note. you shocked that they gave the fourth entry in this beloved franchise to some no name? I like, know. I, yeah. I, mean, I, I almost can't believe it. I think he like produced Gremlins, but and Poltergeist. Yeah, I mean that's that's, well, like that's really pretty it, much right? just too, that's a, that's all he did before this. And yeah. some movie about a shark. He like uh-huh. the Sharknado guy. I think I think he did the. First I think shark, he. You know? I think he did the Meg. Yeah, the Meg. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Statham. Yeah. So. Indiana Jones stars Harrison Drummers in the house, Ford as the titular Indiana Jones or Henry Jones Jr. I'm just going to ask it now. How much did he get paid for this? I want an answer. I, I didn't see, but I would wager it's around 20. You know what? I would not be shocked if he got at least 20 on the front end, plus like a percent or two on the back end. Kickback? Sure. Yeah. Uh, if, if Harrison Ford didn't clear north of $30 million on this movie, it wasn't enough. Because he didn't need to be in this. He had no business doing I, yes, this. But he but loves this I character. Hope, I, I, I know he does. It's like one of the few things he likes to do. But I just hope he got paid all the money in the world for it. That's all I'm saying. Because you only get like one of these. This is like a once in a lifetime paycheck for an actor. And I just hope he maximized it and got every penny for it. I think Harrison Ford is doing fine. For, I oh, mean, David fair. Blaine does personal magic shows in his kitchen for Pete's sake. Um, I mean... I mean, yeah, but for like 20 bucks in cameo, he'll do that for me too. So yeah. yeah. So you've got Kate Hellefine Blanchett. See what I did there? As Dr. Irina Spelko. Uh, you, you know what? She's wasted in this role. I don't know how, <laughs> but somehow. Yeah, no, no, but... I don't think any of the villains in these movies are they're all like good actors who are generally Yeah. She's a know, decent just, villain. She's an evil Russian. And there's a lot of evil Nazis in the other ones. Yeah. I mean, I think fair. the best villain is in uh, Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. Kali Ma. Yeah. So 
You've got Karen Ghost of the Machine Allen as Marion Ravenwood. Shia Honeyboy LaBeouf as Mutt Williams. Ray Growltiger, welcome back, Winstone as Mac. And John, don't invite me to dinner hurt as Professor Harold Oxley. Oh, and the janitor from Scrub shows up, as well as the aforementioned Professor Slughorn, Jim Broadbent. Love me some Jimmy B. So I love that the janitor from Scrubs is in this because there's an episode of Scrubs that's entirely dedicated to the fact that he used to be like a actor. And they discover that because he's in The Fugitive with Harrison Ford. See, there you go. I mean, hate on Zach Braff all you want, but Scrubs was pretty legit. I don't really have any issues with Zach Braff, but uh, I mean, he's a little bit of a douche. But I mean, honestly, Scrubs was pretty, pretty, pretty good. That was okay. good TV back in the so, day. So, released in May of two thousand eight, Crystal Skull grossed seven hundred ninety point seven million dollars worldwide on a budget of one eighty five. You know what? I wish we had a better Wikipedia page because this has to be one of our top grossing flops. Quote, unquote. Well, right? yeah, which is why the theme of this month isn't necessarily financial. It's that, oh, that's an entry that people love all the other ones and don't necessarily like this one as much. Yeah. But no, that's still a buttload of money. It's a lot. And uh, I'll ask in our lingering questions whether we think Dial of Destiny will outdo it. But before we get there, um, this was well-reviewed as well. It's a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes with 308 reviews. It's got a Metacritic of 65, which is actually higher than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, audience, wait, wait, what, one, one more time on that? Really? Yep, that's a 64. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Audience is uh, hmm. much more split on this. It's a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 6.2 on IMDb, but then it's Google was like a 7.8. So I don't know. Hmm. I'd, I'd fall somewhere toward the latter. This is yeah. not my favorite Indiana Jones movie. I think it is a for, the fourth best Indiana Jones movie. I just love it because I love all of them. Yeah, I, I think the problem for this movie, just in general, is that the other three are so good and so well received well, and revered that it's before, it's like it's just somebody's got to be the worst, and this happens to be. But it. before this, that was Temple of Doom, which I, I don't, I've never understood that for the life of me. I mean, I'm. We'll get to it later, but I'm going to go on the record. I am a Temple of Doom defender. That As a kid, that movie ruled. Okay, but hold that because we're going to get there. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it'll come up. So you know who really hated this movie? The Communist Party of the Russian Federation. They called for a boycott of it. Donald Trump. It, what? Because it, quote, demonized the Soviet Union. Uh, yeah, Soviet Union was pretty bad, so... Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't, think I don't that, see any harm in demonizing. Indiana, I, don't, Russia, I don't think they needed any Indiana help. Indiana Jones, you. Uh, yeah, I don't think they needed any any help being demonized. Right? There is like, a there is a cabinet of file of file cards. The Kremlin of all the people that Joseph Stalin had put to death or sent to prison camps or the Gulag. So, I think their relatives would say that the depiction here is not that off. You know what? I'm going to get full-on bleeding heart leftist here for a moment. Every ideology in the history of mankind has blood on its hands. I I do think at times we do draw some arbitrary lines. But, uh, yeah, Stalin, not so much a good dude in terms of history. Regardless of what he may or may not have believed, not a great guy. Soviet Russia, a lot of bad shit. Very bad. But, you know, uh... whatever. The people who preceded him, also generally very bad. 
until you get to Mikhail Gorbachev. Uh, and that's a lesson for another time. But how would you describe Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in one sentence? I'll start with the positive member of the pod. That's Bling Blake. Indiana Jones and the AARP Crusade. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's uh, a senior citizen. All these, all the, all the stars of this action flick are senior citizens. There's a lot of old, <laughs> old, old timers. It doesn't mean that I don't like it. It doesn't mean that, that old people don't have value or worth in this world. Uh, I got robbed by a little old lady on a motorized cart. Yeah. Big gulps, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Chumzilla, how would you describe this in one sentence? Steven Spielberg directs Indiana Jones for the Phantom Crystal Skull. Okay. I would say this. If you are a fan of Indiana Jones outside of the films, then you will probably really enjoy this movie. Wait. But if you are not. Stop, stop, stop. Hold on. Then you will not. I need an explanation. What do you mean outside of the film? Because they they did they did all these books. They did the Young Indiana Jones 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 Chronicles. Chronicles. So this is uh, River Phoenix, which they directly referenced. No, wait, no, they talked about riding with Pancho Villa. Via, yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 River Phoenix was actually in the flashback. He wasn't the guy in the actual show. No, it was Sean Patrick Flannery from Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints, yeah, that's right. So I, I always screw that up. I always think that. That uh, River Phoenix was in the show, but he was just in the flashback in The Last Crusade. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because Sorry. he tragically passed away. The idea was for him. In front of like, Keanu Reeves, right? Or sort of Depp, like the idea for. Yeah, I believe so. But sort of like the idea for Shia LaBeouf was to take the mantle. He, yeah. They yeah. were going to do a series of younger Indiana Jones movies. That obviously, unfortunately, did not happen. Um <laughs> And honestly, I think he probably shot himself in the foot because after this movie, I did not want to see that character again. But that's me personally. Oh, Mutt Williams? And I think they recognized that too. Um, It it didn't quite work. I don't blame Shia. I kind of blame the script. But yeah, this movie did not. It was not a good backdoor pilot for the young Indiana Jones. I'll say that. The big problem with him, and I like him now. I'm a big fan of redemption stories. And and if Mm -hmm. you've seen Honey Boy... You understand his life, his childhood was pretty fucked up. Pretty rough. And and, and Peanut Butter Falcon is great. Yes, and that's a great movie. And yeah. I'd like for him to be doing better. And I think he is doing better. And he was just so overexposed by the time this movie came out that yeah. there was no real app. He was in everything. Mm-hmm. He was like the new young it guy. And he kind of imploded personally. And I think that more than anything was like, okay, we got to pump the brakes. I mean, he was yeah. in the friggin' Wall Street sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, but I don't think this movie did him any favors though, because it didn't really like it. Didn't it wasn't a great starring vehicle for him as again in that backdoor pilot sense. But yeah, whatever. Here's the big thing: when you see Harrison Ford in the fedora in the costume, which by the way still fit after Last Crusade. That's how good a shape he keeps himself in. You Flockhart will do that to you. You don't want to see anybody else in that role. Like back when they were like, oh, wouldn't Chris Pratt be great? Be like, no, go fuck off. No, there's one Indiana Jones and his name is Harrison Ford. No. And honestly, honestly, I think we tested this theory with Solo, a Star Wars story. Right. And I'm not saying it's because it was Harrison Ford. I'm just saying that concept. It's like, yeah, no. 
there's Deep, there's not yeah. enough interest in that that it, it's an interesting idea and i understand why hollywood would want to mine that for money but it's like yeah no it's not the same you just got you have to do something else you can't go back to that yeah you can't just reboot indiana jones and, hey it's shallow buff he's kentucky johnson yeah we're not we're not buying it i don't know why they changed his name from mutt but sure uh so let's get into the plot uh crystal skull opens with indy and mac being held captive by a crew of kgb thugs they're taken to a secret government warehouse yes. no stop that's not how the movie opens i get one nitpick this pod because oh, i'm the hater yeah one nitpick the movie opens with a terrible cgi gopher and then it goes into some dumbass uh, American graffiti hot rod street race between one dumbass car with two guys and two girls racing an army convoy in the desert. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't matter. And the point is, they get to the front of the convoy and they challenge the head car to a race or something. I don't. I, it doesn't make sense. It's mostly nonverbal. And they both agree to do it. So the two front cars race and they floor it. And then there's some nonsense bullshit. And then all of a sudden they get to where the lead car needs to turn into the army base. And the two cars, the hot rod racer and the lead army car are side by side as the army car pulls off. And somehow magically the entire convoy is right there behind the lead car. Okay. So if those two cars had been racing. There's no reason or explanation as to how or why the rest of the convoy would be right there. The army car would have had to slow down and I, wait, and the other car okay, would have been okay. gone yes. yeah. miles down the road. But needless to say, folks, yep. uh-huh. that's the first fucking five minutes of the movie, and it's nonsense. That's my one nitpick. It's out of the way. I won't bring it up again. Moving on. Well, the important thing is it, it's really crucial to the plot, except it's not. Uh, but It's the opening of the movie. Damn, yes. that's what's supposed to hook us. Okay, all, I'm done. All, I'm done. Is, all that stop. scene is meant to convey was the, the careless naivete of most Americans during the 1950s when, in fact, they were living under the specter of I'm nuclear war now. and the okay. cloud. Okay, so there sure. you go. Okay, okay. If you'd like to read a good book about that, it's called Life Under a Cloud. Oppenheimer. Oh, what? Okay, moving on. Now, uh, anyway, so yes, it's that government warehouse where only top men go. But anyways, uh, they're supposed to locate a preserved also corpse. Also Area 51. Yeah. That India had helped excavate years ago in the desert. As Chumsell said, yep, it's an alien. And after locating it, India is able to escape by doing some awesome Indiana Jones shit. He then takes a ride in a lead line fridge. Yada, yada, yada. India is put on leave from his job because some pesky FBI stooges are mad that he helped the KGB because apparently they're morons. Anyways, he yeah. then meets Mutt who tells him about his old pal, Harold Oxley, who is being held captive in South America. They ignite a brawl in a diner and then outrace some more KGB assholes, but we're heading to Peru. Based on Ox's note, they must follow the Nazca lines to Oriana's cradle, which in fact is Oriana's resting place. Oriana and his men disappeared in the jungle sometime in the 15th. Conquistadors. Uh, 16th century. Uh, but is a school dropout and generally useless, but Indy brings him to Peru anyways. There, he likes Ox's... to comb his hair with coke. Well, that's like a thing, yeah. It was, it's like, uh, it's sticky, it's like so it has yeah. hold, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, gross. 
That would explain the ants later. So they follow Ox's deranged clues and discover Oriana's resting place and the titular crystal skull. Unfortunately, Growl Tiger followed them, and they are taken prisoner by the Russian goon squad. At the Russian Mm -hmm. camp, Mutt is reunited with Oxley, who basically helped raise him, and his mom, Marion Ravenwood. Be still my beating heart. Oh, Indy's greatest paramour. Oh, so good to see her back. So I, I will admit so their, their little scene together was one of the, the high points of the movie. When um, they, when they began. She had not been doing a whole lot. And apparently she also had a miserable time and bickered with Steven Spielberg quite a bit on the first film. That's probably because he didn't bang her like the chick in the second one. Bang well, him. Still, still banging her. Oh, by the way, his daughter is the one who punches Mutt in the diner scene brawl. So, oh, nice. Yeah, that's uh, my boyfriend. So the Russians want the skull for its mystical powers. They believe they can use it to wage psychological warfare, making their enemies bow to their will or some shit. Which, Turns which, out, which is a legit thing that happened yes, in they, Cold War and they tried, Soviet yeah. Union. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, by the way, could have just waited fifty years because then Facebook was created. And that's how they did it. So it checks out. Yeah. Hey man, uh, I'm just saying crystal skull, blue check mark. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. So because Indy rules, he again escapes, which leads us into a wild chase through the jungles of South America. There is some monkey swinging, fencing, and a horde of man eating ants who make one yeah. rush in their lunch. Hey, just quick point here Ant Man 3 totally stole their ending from. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Honestly. Save the day and take out the villain. If Ant-Man saw these ants, the Siafu, and they are real ants, uh, I don't Mm -hmm. think they're capable of what happens in this movie, but they are dangerous. Ant-Man would be a much better superhero. In fact, Civil War would have ended quickly because the ants would have just eaten Iron Man, that government stooge. He was kind of a fascist, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that would have been the end of that. But anyways, Mm -hmm. uh, we learned that Mutt is Indy's son, so that lazy son of a bitch better go back and finish school. That's right. I love. Oh God, I love that scene. You oh, like I love your pops. Uh, anyway, it all culminates with Indy Mutt, the Oxman, Mac, and Marion fighting the ancient law, finding the ancient law city of Akator with the Russian hot and hostile natives hot on their heels. They return the skull to its rightful place. Spalco's mind is melted by the sheer magnitude of the alien's knowledge. And Mac, rightfully so, dies with a pant load of gold. And, uh, you know, something about knowledge being their treasure. And then Indy marries his greatest paramour, as I said, Marion Ravenwood. And thankfully, he also grabs the iconic fedora before Mutt can put it on, saving us all a lot of heartbreak. Mm. The end. Cue the fucking John Williams. Now, Crystal Skull, how many beers are required? I'll start. I will give this one pain beer. The monkey swinging and some of the CGI uh, during the fencing fight are particularly stupid and then brutal. The rest of the chase I actually really enjoy. I also don't particularly love the ending with the alien like mean mugging her. I think it just could have ascended as her mind exploded. I don't know. There's choices made in this movie. The CGI gophers. It's meant to be a little goofy. Which I think is a mistake, but, but it's that's on, also to your point, it's a to, choice. It was on purpose. It's also to the point of George Lucas. Basically, you know, he was he spearheaded that show, and 
that was sort of like his vision for Indiana Jones was supposed to be pulpy. And the other movies are pulpy too. They are. The, the they're, plots they're, are pulpy, but I think you've got that 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 kiss of Spielberg prestige to them. Like it, it is not serious material, but he takes it serious. This movie doesn't always take the material seriously. This this movie's the biggest strikes against this movie are its over reliance on CGI. Yeah, anytime the background turns into a green screen, it's like a different. It's a different it, movie. The lighting gets weird. Yeah, everything now, changes. That yeah. said, so I give it one pain beer for some of those things yeah. and some of those hiccups. But yeah, and when I first saw this. I'll be honest. I was like, I was pretty mad. I was, I was like, what the fuck was that? And then my dad and I saw it again together. Mm-hmm. And I love dad it. being an uh, older Harrison Ford. Yes. And yeah. I loved it. And, you know, it took me back and it reminded me of seeing the last crusade with him. And when I, I watched uh, the other two, I mean, I was, I was too young to see the other two in theaters we all had uh, Temple of Doom on VHS because there was some McDonald's promotion where they sold yeah, them all. T- Temple of Doom fucking ruled. And so I just had so the much bug nostalgia. Scene, the bug scene. Yeah. And so people I was hate like, that. You know that still gives people heebie-jeebies to this day. That's how powerful it is. Yeah. But, sorry. So I'm I'm one of those people with the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. On the bug scene. Yeah. I mean, mm, that, yeah. that was so visceral as a kid. I was like, my, my soul of... is exiting my body. I am dying internally here. Oh, my God. A lot of nasty bugs, but the yeah. nostalgia that I have for this property mm-hmm. and the love I have for the character, I just like, I just ignore the stuff that I really don't like because I do think there's just some great Indiana Jones moments. So yeah. for that reason, I give it three high, high enjoyment beers and the one pain beer for the wonky CGI here and there. But God, I love all the callbacks. I, I, I just love this movie. But it is it is the worst of the four. But that's that's it's not saying damning it with high praise, right? Yeah. I mean, those are three really good movies. Yeah. Right? So, uh, Blink Blake. Before we get to uh, Debbie Downer, what do you think? How many beers are required to sit through Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? You know, I was it was it two full hours. It's about two hours and three minutes. Yeah. So for me, that puts it right at four beers. They're all fun. Um, it does have some dumb points, like you guys said. I I remember seeing it in the theaters, and that you know that first scene when he gets out of the when they're outside the warehouse, and you're like, "Well, this is clearly shot on a soundstage. Like, like we're clearly inside, and and they're just there's mm-hmm. some of those looks in there that like, but again, like, I mean, I know that that Steven Spielberg was having like maybe his his fourth movie ever while he was doing this. Um, but you, you have to assume that Spielberg, like he knew what it looked like when, when they put that movie out. So those were choices that were made. And so whatever, I kind of, I took it, I, I figured he meant it to look like that. Well, um, as much as Jumpzilla hates Zack Snyder, they could have used some of that, uh, desaturation in some of these, these colors yeah, in this movie. I, I, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know if, if they were trying to go uh, no, for fuck a... Zack Snyder, Joe Johnston. Get, get somebody that knows how to shoot a period piece. But what, what strikes me is, though, <clears throat> strikes me as odd, is that Spielberg did a great job with Saving Private Ryan. And somehow exactly. it, it feels like he brought none of that experience to this film. 
I it again, might be, I, it I think might he be, meant to do it. I think it's yeah. intentional. You know, like the I think it's meant to be pulpier and like more like you know, yeah, but there's some maybe, weird, there's some really odd coloring, and maybe it's because yeah. I don't know if this was shot on digital and not see, film. So, but, so that that's that's my theory is that it's that's probably one of the biggest issues with stuff like this is because the previous films were all shot on physical film, but you and could so the say look and the feel of them benefit from that you could say so this, this about, is probably shot the same way you could say this about the marvel the movies the marvel movies are the same way because after like iron man two or three most of them were 100 percent digital and you can tell it, it well it, and they flat, also if, go green screen crazy right if, exactly it flattens out the images they just don't stand out the same way they don't have the depth they don't have the texture once you cross that like I'll call it like the uncanny valley of digital versus physical film. It just, it just it makes it hard. You have to work a lot harder to make stuff look good once mm-hmm. you go. I, I'm just saying, like, watch the anyway, post, sorry. watch Bridge of Spies, and those movies have weird, like, they're period pieces, and some of the coloring is weird. They're good movies. I love them. Oh. I love basically every Steven Spielberg movie, or even uh, The Fable has some yeah. weird, like. Well, I think that's it, right? I think it's it's Spielberg's movies look better when they're on location. Uh, yeah, that's then, too. And this and was when you're shooting wait, wait, in the back, wait, back let lot. Let me tell you a secret. Bank. Let me tell you a secret here. All movies look better on location. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? It just it just it costs more, right? He literally did not. They shot this entire movie in the U.S. and a lot a lot of it in the Southwest because he wanted to be by his family, which totally understandable. And yeah, I mean, fair. he's one of the busiest filmmakers we've ever had. But it does sort of hurt the movie because all the rest of them were shot on location. Yeah. You know, they they yeah. went to these different places, and it's yeah. it's cool when you're walking into the treasury of Petra versus a warehouse set on a back lot. Yeah. You know, okay. But yeah. but that being said, it's it's indie. It's fun. Marion is back. Harrison's still getting it done. Four beers, all fun. Have a good time. Okay, Chumzilla. Oh God, I I dread what's coming. You know what? I'm just gonna say this movie is disappointing. Um, because of the pedigree, it's disappointing. The, the movie itself is not terrible, but because the pedigree of its predecessors is so premier. Uh, this is like a six pain beer movie for me. All steel reserves. Just like I I don't want to be conscious by the end of this movie. The, the ending of it's nonsensical. The whole, the plot falls apart in the second half. Which is not like a huge nitpick. It's just it's just goofy as hell. And I understand that the entire franchise is not necessarily the most serious franchise, but still, this one just jumped the shark for me. I was like, I, yeah, I six pain beers. I, I hope the fifth one is better. Well, James Mangold doesn't miss, so I'm going to assume it's going to be better, but we'll see. Mm. Yeah, I, I will say this. Harrison Ford is not the problem with this movie. It's no, just he's very much else. Indiana Jones. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways, that brings us to our first break, and we are going to get into, and I don't think you need to fix this movie, but Chumpsill might have some thoughts, and that'll be our first lingering question on the other end of the break. But before we get there, we're going to hear from our Nazi-punching brothers from another mother at the Double Turn Podcast. Hey everyone, it's the J-Man and I'm the host of the Double Turn Podcast. 
Every month, myself and a featured guest bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in the industry, or taking a look back at some of the greatest matches and moments in history. So check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And give us a follow on Twitter at TDT Wrestling Pod and on Instagram at The Double Term Podcast. And don't forget to check out our home base at wabamentertainment.com for all your comic book and movie needs. And check out our sister podcast, Hops and Box Office Flops. Enjoy, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hello, and welcome back to the 197th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are talking 2008's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. We've got some lingering questions about the movie. The first being, if you weren't a fan of it, how would you fix it? I'll just start because... I don't, the only things I would do is get rid of some of the more Lucasy moments, but that's our second question because we're going to say which one was the worst. Uh, because I think the time period, obviously, you have to progress this. He's older, it's a perfect setting. The uh, antagonists are the right antagonists because that's where we were at uh, geopolitically in the world at the time. And you know what? They needed a break from Nazis. And I know that Dial of Destiny is going back to them, but that makes sense because now America's full of Nazis. So, uh, But as someone who wrote his thesis on Stalinism and at that era of Soviet Russia, I, I enjoyed having them as the principal villains of the film. But was was it pro-Stalin or anti-Stalin? It was just more about cult of personality and propaganda, the way he drove it's a lot. I mean, you could compare it to the cult of Trump in a lot of ways and manipulating mm-hmm. people into believing that you're out for their own good when you're absolutely not. I mean, when there are millions of people starving in Russia, they still thought Stalin was going to somehow come and save them, even there though he was exporting starving in America. Yeah, tons of grain to other Again, countries. But all whatever. ideologies have blood on their hands. Yes. No, I'm going to jump in here. I want to hijack this. Uh, you know how I fix this movie? Uh, what's the best part of The Last Crusade? Marcus Brody? The father-son relationship for me. Right. So if this movie had just focused on mirroring that with Indy and Mutt, I think you... you And again, that was sort of the plan, allegedly, that they were going to try to pass the mantle to Shia LaBeouf. Uh, if this movie just focused on those two and been like a buddy adventure where they like grow to love each other and respect each other, you could have had Indy die at the end and have Mutt take that mantle well, and do another trilogy. You could have made that work, but the movie wasn't brave enough to do that. And, and yeah, honestly, but you know I, what? I, Star Wars did it. They they Star Wars brings him back. They make essentially the first goddamn movie over again. Except they, he's Obi Wan Kenobi, but they they, they finally and that, and that movie's not as good as this one. the uh, The Force Awakens, in my perspective, because it treads uh, so much familiar uh, ground, is not its own movie. It's the I, same goddamn movie we already saw. I, I disagree. I, I I think that uh, this was an easy opportunity for Spielberg to steal. J.J. Abrams thunder and pass the torch here. If that had been this movie's plot, that would have saved it. I think people would have liked it. If it had been the end of the indie saga and the beginning of the the Mutt trilogy, it would have worked. Now, I have no interest in following Mutt. 
And you know I what would, I do have interest it, in? But if this movie the, had done that, you movie. would. And it didn't. Oh, so and I don't I, even have any issues with Mud. I think he's fine. I think they their repartee is good. I like all their moments together. I like how... I, I don't at all. How I, I Indiana think, Jones I, is... I, I think, wait a I, minute now. I like how Indy's perspective shifts mm-hmm. from, hey, do what you love. Nothing wrong with doing what you love to, mm-hmm. wait a minute, I'm your dad now and you need to go back to school. Like, I think I, I I liked all that stuff. I thought it was very funny. It, it it is, but at the same time, I had the feeling that Indy wanted to punch him in the mouth the entire time. Well, you know, Shia, Shia when Which, he was going through his sort of personal crises, fair enough, uh, kind of talked a lot of shit about this movie. And Harrison Ford said, "You should shut the fuck up and know your role, and you support the movies you're in. I don't care what you think about them." Yeah, I, I, he's old school, I, man. And here's the thing, maybe Shia LaBeouf's the wrong person for that character, but I'm just saying, if the movie had been structured in the way that this set up the next character to to take on the mantle and propagate another trilogy, to me, that would have been the way to go. But the big thing is... Because Harrison is out. Because even though Harrison loves this character, he can't do it forever. He's got to find it out, and this is this would have been a good. Cash but you know what? That's what's great about this character. And mm-hmm. pro tip, Hollywood, you don't need to constantly remake shit. He's Indiana Jones. Let the character die with him. There's four great movies already, and I'm assuming the fifth is going to be great. Just let it be. You don't have to constantly recycle shit, unless you bring that person back. Like. Hell yeah, I'll watch Beetlejuice too. Because to me, Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice. I have no interest in anybody else playing Beetlejuice. I don't. Because he did it, it was perfect. It's not Batman, where Batman's had a million different artists and you can have different actors because everybody has a different interpretation of the character. I feel like we're entering a weird realm of pop culture because we've got like this like 35 to 45 demographic that's hitting that range where we have disposable income and now like the forces that be are trying to market entertainment towards us so it's amplifying these like mid 80s to mid 90s franchises in terms of remakes and reboots and like retoolings that are trying to pump out to us like here we are in the year of our lord 2023 and we're talking about indiana jones 5 and beetlejuice 2 I honestly did not have this on my bingo card. Everything's old. I'm just going to say it. Sure, great. And 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 Marvel's working on Secret Wars, which is a is a mid aughts comic, but it's also a mid eighties comic. It's like, wow, they're really going back to the well here and just dragging up whatever they can find, huh? Uh, yeah, basically. So. You told us how you'd fix it. You'd focus it more on that relationship. Yeah, the relationship. Yeah, make make it a true like handoff. Sure. Yeah, I just don't think that worked for Star Wars in the slightest. So we don't need to get in the Last Jedi, but I mean, like that's just not how you treat a character people love. Anyways, uh, I'm sorry, Luke. Bling Blake, how would you fix this, or would you even you know bother? Yeah, I mean, I think if if you didn't like this movie, it's Probably because you didn't really like the whole interdimensional being angle part of it. Um, And in order to fix that for a lot of people, you have to basically have a completely different plot. 
and you know I, I think I've said this before on yeah. on the pod that like that's really not my thing right like I think storytellers get to tell us a story that they want to tell us and you're either the kind of person that can just shut up and deal with that or you're a chump Zilla uh, <laughs> but so for me like like I, I don't think I would do too much right like I, like I don't think the things that that make me maybe not love this movie as much, which is just kind of like, eh, would I have done that with the plot? Like, would I have made it around interdimensional alien beings? I, I don't think I would have gone that way. The same way I probably wouldn't have made the made that the part of the the, the xenomorph thing, you know. So um, so so, Doctor Bling, are sure. you familiar with the background of this movie at all? No, obviously not. No. So when. Lucas and Spielberg were working on the character of Indiana Jones, right? And Lucas always being the source of bad ideas. Love it, George. But he was like, you know, one of the things he always wanted to do was like a, like a, you know, Indiana Jones versus, because he thought of him like, he didn't think of him as Harrison Ford with the whip and the fedora and being like a physical being, so much as being like just this pulp character that you could put in Indy, you know, any indie Freudian slip you could put in any situation just have like you know Tommy Tough Pants he's like hey I really like to do Indiana Jones and the Flying Saucers yeah but like I mean, he couldn't figure out how to make it work back in the day so we ended up with Indiana Jones fighting the Nazis Indiana Jones and the 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 Ark of the Covenant and so this was like hey we've got fuck you money we can make our Indiana Jones and the Flying Saucers movie and that's literally all the thought they put behind the intergalactic bullshit well, uh, behind it. This and, was and, gestating and, for years. Yeah, like, no, this is this is like a day one thing. Like that was but that's, that's why like a day one. That was a day one. Uh, let's do this movie. I want to do Indiana Jones as this like you know whip wielding fedora wearing archaeologist badass. And Aliens was there day one, and then they finally got the chance to do it. They had so, enough fuck you money, and they pulled it off. Here, here's what I will say. And I, I was telling Blink Blake this before the pod started, but to me, like, yeah, when I first saw it, I thought the alien thing was a little ridiculous. But as someone who's not particularly religious, the alien angle is no more ludicrous than them stumbling upon a 500-year-old knight even if you are religious, yeah. it, there, it, it's still it's still supernatural, yeah. right? Like there's yeah. always yeah. a supernatural angle, and and that's why the the whether you want whatever aliens, interdimensional, whatever, it, it, that's why it didn't it didn't ruin it for me. Like some people were no. really really upset about that, and I was like, well, why? The, yeah, magic rocks. I, 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 th- I think magic box. It was just kind of goofy the way they handled it, but yeah, the, yeah. the concept is not the issue. I think the ending is is really what kind of got people. Like up until then, like the the crystal skull itself, the the exhumed corpse, like most of that really works well. But as I said, like the mean mugging alien at the end is a, is a weird like visual choice, but it's a little yeah. over the top um, and not in the volleyball cool way. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that completely. But this like, this movie is a very striking case of that's not the movie i wanted culture exactly like well that's not what i wanted it's like because i'm the the guy on the pod who loves man of steel and, and batman versus superman and, and zack snyder's justice league 
And I always see is there is there another Justice League? People no, there's not. Uh people <laughs> whine about those movies to this day. And it's like, just get over it. It's one person's interpretation of a character. And like Man of Steel once touched me inappropriately in a Arby's and, you know, like Superman uh, or like or the or like the movie itself. The movie itself. Like, like every choice that is made DVD. in those movies. Just like credit card swipe me at the urinal. It was awkward. It's it's just like a that's not what I would have wanted. That's not the choice I would have made. It's like, you know what? That's what nobody's gonna fucking hire you to make a movie. So I'm sorry, didn't work for you. Get over it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I completely agree that that that, that's where the the strife comes from. And that's why the 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 critics reviews are high and the audience scores are middle yeah of well yeah. you know for the record t-dubs like i can bitch about this movie all i want and and wish it had been different but at the end of the day it still made like what 700 and something million oh, dollars yeah. it's american dollars yeah. that's a lot of fucking money and and the, here's the thing like you're gonna bitch about this movie tonight but you're not gonna continue to do that for the next 10 years that's what I don't understand about people. Is that who a like, challenge? No, it feels like, like a challenge. That people who don't like a movie, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe they, no. they did this, and they're still whining about it. Get over it. It it, yeah. it, it fundamentally did nothing to to affect your life. Get over it. Because yeah, there's movies I hate. You know, like I hate the Last Jedi, but guess what? I still love Star Wars. As you should. And and I don't talk about it online constantly. So, despite what some of our Twitter followers think. Yeah, Elon Musk is disappointed. Oh, God. That Elon, you better fix that. Drive that engagement, T-Dubs. Get on there. Because if I see something. any more people complaining about fucking Man of Steel, I'm going to come to Elon Musk. You know what? You know, honestly, punch him in the nose. You can like... take emo <laughs> Superman stuff and rub your butt. Yeah. So anyways, this is the fun question because we, okay. we started doing that. I can't believe that shit just happened. So for this movie, it's what is the most George Lucasy moment? Because there's several in this movie where it's like somebody needed to talk George off the ledge. Yeah, right. Somebody had to do something. There needed to be a George intervention. And I love George Lucas, but he tends to get a little carried away. Metachlorians, for example. He's just a giant dork. You have to understand. Uh, At the end of the day, he's just a giant dork. I I don't mind the fridge. Oh, it's fine. I I don't, don't mind that at all, considering in Temple of Doom, they... You don't, know, do don't do it. Survive in a, in don't a do blow it. up raft. Ah! Uh, Honestly, my biggest thing with the fridge. Fine. Don't ruin my childhood. Okay. My problem with the fridge was not the fact that that it protected him from a nuclear blast and threw him a mile away, and he survived the tumble. It was that kids got locked in 1950s refrigerators all the time. Like they, you couldn't get them open from the inside. Punky Brewster nearly died in the fridge in one episode. Yeah. I'm and I think sure that's a PSA from uh, G.I. Joe too. True. Uh, it's for me, it's the monkeys. I don't know what the hell that scene is. Actually, you know what? I'm fine with the monkeys. It's the things hitting Shia LaBeouf in the balls during There's the, a, during a the lot fencing, of nut shots. <laughs> it's like, why? What is happening here? Why? How many nut shots do we need? We get it. There's plants that are appropriately sized that if you're standing between two fucking cars, you'll get hit in the dick. Over and over and over again. Over. And he's doing that stupid face and the CGI is terrible. That scene 
I like Shyla. That is the beer right there. That's the entire beer. He is not a good dramatic actor. I think he's probably better. I disagree. I think he's a tremendous dramatic actor. I think he's a terrible big budget film actor. I think he's a better like indie comedic actor. I don't think he has like the he doesn't have the range to do it all. You have to you have to pin him down. But anyway, okay. sorry. With with that said, Chumsil, what's your holy shit? I can't believe that just happened. No, I mean it's it, it it's it's tough because this movie has a lot of odd and off-putting stuff in it. Um sort of like your browser history. Hey yo. Let's not talk <laughs> about that. FBI, just look look the other way. Nothing to see here. I'm doing the Jedi mind trick. Trying to think here. What really puts me off in this movie? I, I think it's the green screen work right off the bat. Like early yeah, in the that, film. That that background just, is bad. Yeah. So is the from the way you're sinking your teeth into those wobble use, I'd say Easter. I hate that line. And I love <laughs> a lot of his lines, and I hate that line. Just that they're clearly shooting outdoors. And in this instance, it's clearly something to be shot in the southwest of the U.S. Um, but it's clear that many of those backdrops are just like not there. Like, why yeah, not? Once like, they get into the warehouse, it's fine. Yeah, like, that's, fine. It's a brutal opening like, shot. E- even when they have that shot of the Nazi or Russian whatever officer like coming up from tying his boot, quote unquote, he looks up and the background behind him is just like a billboard of a skyline in the desert. It's like, ooh. Okay. Gross. Yeah. It's, I agree. It, it's a little. And, it's, and, the, and the problem is that's the beginning of the movie. It like, to me, that yanks me out right off the bat. I'm like, oh, damn, this is, this looks bad. It, it, actually, it does get, it does get better. Don't get me wrong. It does get better. But that, that's the that's but a this weird movie is, way to start this a movie, movie. Waffles, man, because it does. The, I, I blame the, George Lucas. The the very end, where they're escaping the the alien tomb, right? Like it looks bad, and then yeah. the very next scene, they're standing atop the cliff, and it looks great. Mm-hmm. And I just don't get why there's so much vi- like how this movie ping pongs yeah. between like good yeah. special effects. And horrific special effects. There's so a lot much. Of, there's a lot of back and forth. And the other scene that really bothers me, because I'll get it out now, is when they fight the undead, the graveyard fight. Don't, just, don't do it. It's my favorite line of the movie. Don't do it. No, but I'm saying with the visuals and that whole little, it just, it's a mess. I won't, don't do it. it. It looks terrible. You're, it's, it's you're a clearly, teacher. Part time. Part time. It's, it's clearly shot on a soundstage. Um, the lighting makes no sense. I'll be honest. On this podcast, I'm not a big guy that complains about like where's the light source coming from. What's going on here? I, I don't give a shit about that kind of stuff. Like it's a movie. Hey, hey, kid. Not that kind of movie. I'm fine with that. But like. There is a moment in that scene where, like, my drunken suspicion or, or suspension of disbelief is broken. I'm like, "It's going on here? This is just this is like Xena Warrior Princess bullshit." Like, there's dude, there's dudes in rubber suits. Are they fighting the putties? What's going on here? 
But that that, re that really broke the cinema magic for me. And that's shocking, again, because this is a Steven Spielberg picture. Again, though, every Indiana Jones uh, movie has, well, uh, mainly this and Temple of Doom, because Temple of Doom was made Temple in the Doom has 80s. its moments, it gets a little weird, but yeah. like, I never felt like I was like ripped out of the suspension of disbelief, though. I, oh, you weren't when there was little toy figures in, in a in a miniature minecart. You know, I might have been nine. Yeah, so, so maybe not. You know, shit happens. You do what you yeah, can, okay. but yes, all this right, movie right. had no business looking as it bad moments. as it does in moments. Yeah, it comes and it goes, right? Uh, bling bling, most holy shit! I can't believe that just happened. I'm kind of like waffling on this one. I think for me, like holy shit that just happened has to be like the that the final scene where all 13 of the crystal skeletons turn into the big gray cgi mean mug and alien right but, Didn't but like for that, me yeah. the for me the most lucasy thing um and maybe this has just stood out because i also recently watched uh the star wars prequels again but oh the, no the number of the number of indie silhouette shots that we got, like the shadow of him in the hat, there was a lot. There were just, there were, they, you know, they're kind of supposed to be kind of iconic, like, oh, we, Indy's going to do some indie shit. But I think, I think even in, the, in this two hours, we got more in this movie than we got of all the Anakin slash Darth Vader shadow shots over the course of the, the prequel movies. I'm just telling you, you could sell me a calendar, a 15-month calendar of indie silhouette shots. I'd buy it every year. I don't give well, a shit. I don't, I don't think you'd have to repeat any months for at least a few years. <laughs> oh, I got at least three years worth. <laughs> there were it was so that was probably for me like the most like George Lucasy. I'm sure I know it was like some callback stuff, but there was a lot of those. All right. So before we get to questions about other Indiana Jones films. Uh, which are just a couple brief ones, but for a series known for its set pieces, which was your favorite one from this movie? Mine is the opening warehouse scene because it culminates with him, the first fist fight with the giant Russian guy where he does the swinging kick through the glass. Uh, I love that opening warehouse scene. Plus you get the little Easter egg of the Ark of the Covenant and it's just vintage indie. He mismeasures the, the whip jump to the Jeep it's great. I thought I that was closer. It. Yeah. I love that scene. And that's like, for me, like, even though I have some issues toward the end of the movie, the set pieces for the most part are just so much damn fun. I love the fight in the graveyard when he says, you're a teacher and he says part-time. I love the chase through the campus, the college campus, after they start the, the greaser brawl. You know, when he's, you know, he gets dragged into the car and then he gets out of the car and he's, he's like basically s s street surfing on his shoes. The, the set piece is rule in this movie. I, I give the movie credit. At no point does Indy appear to be an African American stuntman. So that's better than Face Off. Well, yeah. Better than Face Off and better than uh, From Paris with Love. But definitely the opening scene. I think it's just vintage Indiana Jones. I, that I love that. That wig on the stuntman hanging out at the back of that motorcycle is hanging on for dear life. His right? stunt double I looks a lot it. like him, though. I saw, I saw it. But the wig, though, the wig was like waving in the air. And his he generally does most of his own stunts. But uh Blake Blake, favorite set piece. I liked the graveyard fight. 
I thought it was cool. Like the you got you get multiple levels. People are doing kung fu stuff. They're in and out of different trap doors. Like I thought it was yeah. fun. I believe uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. is one of those. Uh, oh, nice. But you that... know the Pizza Man. Yeah, Ninja Turtles too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I like no, I like Ray, the no Ray Park. Ray Park was not involved. No. Oh, I wish. Um, yeah, the only and the only thing I don't like about that graveyard scene is the CGI scorpions. Just get a king scorpion; it can't hurt him. It's yeah. fine. It, it's also very like Army of Darkness, like camp. Oh, shut up! Uh, here's little, what I will say: it, It's a little. It's a uh, little. Yeah. Okay. Disney. Uh, or you know, whoever uh, Paramount Disney, Disney Evil Corporation, it's sort of a. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, joint, they wanted him to use a production. fake whip and he said the hell i am i am not using a fake whip like, okay. but, you know safety standards and whatnot he's like no absolutely not so i have a feeling i'm a gonna lot of whip like, shella buffs bare yeah, ass a lot of like the stuff that we have issues with are because of different you know modern safety mandates that whatever but uh Chub, not Chub in, play in the 80s <laughs> favorite set piece of the movie uh this movie mostly disappoints me in all fronts but i do enjoy it's not even an action set piece i just enjoy the scene in the tomb with all the crystal skulls and the mummies to me that felt like very indiana jonesy like oh very indiana jonesy yeah there's this stuff and he he finds the dagger and like the the joke you know he like he returns it like i'm not gonna keep it i just wanted to borrow it and there's a moment there that like worked for me, and uh, I, I appreciate it. The movie was trying in some uh, some respects, but uh... when he says, "What is this thing?" It's just God. It's indie. Yeah, it's, so it, indie. It, 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 that was good. That was good. It, it, in a better movie, that scene would have been even better. But oh, I digress. okay. Well, speaking of better movies, what is your favorite Indiana Jones film, Chumzilla? Oh, I'm a Temple of Doom guy all the way. Temple of Doom. Uh, I loved it as a kid. It was dark. It was scary. I loved the opening with, at Club Obi-Wan. Uh, Kali Ma, the monkey brains. That Chill movie, monkey brains. That movie was, it blew my Snake mind. Snake surprise. Uh, that is I also my it. favorite because that is the one that I was given as a kid on VHS. So it was Why mine. do people hate that? Why do people hate that? I, I love because that. Because it's different. Raiders yeah. is a good movie. Here's the thing. I, I, I will say this with, it pains me to say it, but it's true. Raiders of the Lost Ark is a top 10 movie of all time. I don't care what order you put it in. Whatever your top 10 movies are, Raiders is in there. But my favorite Indiana Jones movie is still... To this day and forever is going to be Temple of Doom. Got my favorite Indiana Jones silhouette when he punches the guy who's uh, whipping the slave children in the mine, and he slides across like the the gravel, and then they pan up, and there's Indy. It's like, yeah. oh hell yeah, yeah! It, it's 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 an awesome movie. It is. I love that movie. I, I don't know why people hate that. It's great because it was people want things that feel familiar and that movie is very much unfamiliar if you put it with last crusade and raiders of the lost ark yeah whatever but here here's one thing i will say 
I want your opinion on this. As a kid, I had no clue that uh, Temple of Doom was a prequel. Oh, yeah, I knew. I had no clue. It's also I, got Short Round, who's my favorite side character well, in the entire franchise. Short Round, he's great. fantastic. But, but I, no, I I'm, I'm with you. I didn't know that until years later. It was uh, a prequel, yeah. Yeah, when I, I actually, paid, I mean, like yeah. they they tell you that it's 1935, and you know, and if you pay attention to the beginning of Raiders, you know that it's 1938. But like, I was seven. I didn't give a shit. Yeah, uh, exactly. I I didn't know that yeah. until years later. It made a ton more sense when I I was like, oh, it does that, now. It all right? makes way more yeah. sense. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Bling Bling, right. favorite Sorry. of the Jones movies. I'm definitely torn between Raiders and uh, Last Crusade. But when it all like when I really put my my feet to the fire on this, it's I think it has to be Last Crusade. You get Sean Connery, who's obviously goat. Um, it's iconic. Yeah, his, you his, get his, you get more Marcus Brody. You get a ton of Sala. You get great characters in addition yes. to, um, in addition to Indy. And uh, I'm so, so yeah. excited that Sala is going to be back. It, sure. It's a better movie, and it uh, really is. And here's the last one on a scale of one to call my doctor. How excited are you for Dial of Destiny? I'm on like hour nine. I'm like the blood is gone from my head. I need emergency help. That's how excited I am for Dial of Destiny. It is my most anticipated movie of the summer. And that is even with Michael Keaton returning as Batman. So So has it been four or more hours? Oh, yeah. It's it's like I'm like hour nine, I said. It's bad. Oh. If I don't get to a hospital quick. Oh. (laughs) It'll be bad. Can you like, can you put your feet up and try to like get some circulation going let's what's yeah. going on here there's going to be some precautions take okay. precautionary measures taken so bling blake scale of one to call my doctor how excited are you dude it's he's number three on my speed dial um i'm taking baby aspirin every single day i i cannot wait for this movie uh obviously harrison ford is, is getting up there and by that i mean he truly is about 80 years old now but I've been watching 1923, uh, the the Yellowstone prequel, and yeah, yeah. Harrison can still bring it, man. I I have no uh, no fear that that he's going to be fit and bringing his A game. I'm I'm really excited for it. And they shot that shit in Montana, and he said it was brutally cold and a very difficult shoot. So that motherfucker's riding horses, well, being sweet. He lives in Jackson Hole. Like it's not like it, like it's not like it's that far from his house. Yeah. What do we think his motivations are at this point? Like, is he just having he, fun? He loves the yeah, character and he loves fun. to work. He's he basically yeah. said like, I love the craft. I love to work. Except for George Lucas, got it. So Chumzilla, are you also in need of a doctor? Yes. I mean, for I mean, psychologically, yes, for sure. I mean, but, yeah. I mean, I could use the assistance, but no. You know what? Again, I love the first three movies. The fourth one didn't really tickle my fancy. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely give uh, The Dial of Destiny a... Uh, I'll, give, I'll give it a chance. All right. So that is the end of our lingering questions. Uh, we're going to take our second break. And when we come back, we've got the Space Between Spaces trivia challenge. Is that a Dave Matthews song? The space between spaces. No, it's a Harold Oxley. Uh, uh... 
Hello and welcome back to our Kingdom of the Crystal Skull episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. And we are on to the Space Between Spaces Trivia Challenge. Tonight, gentlemen, we've got a standard five-question multiple-choice format quiz. And you'll be playing for a week-long staycation in Oxley's Peruvian prison cell. I've converted it into a timeshare. It even has a mattress now. And during your week-long stay, you'll get a guided tour of the Nazca lines from the Peruvian assassins in the graveyard. Tread lightly with those guys, or they'll dart you right in the ass. Hold on. I am not paying the turndown fee. Fair enough. Uh, Good news is all the original art is intact. So all his crazy scribblings still there for you to enjoy. Uh, Your turn. Yeah. Your chime-ins tonight will be part-time or I like Ike or smog in the noggin or, of course, any of the pod stalwarts. Good luck, gentlemen. Are we ready? Yes. So as we talked about, this movie was quite divisive. Uh, folks were split on it. It was nominated by MTV as one of the best summer movies so far, weird category, and by the Critics' Choice Awards as the best action movie. But the Golden Raspberry Awards nominated it in this category, which it won. Is it A, worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel? Is it B, worst on-screen couple? Is it C, worst supporting actor? Or is it D, worst picture? I like Ike. Bling Blake. Hmm. I'm going to go with worst supporting actor. Incorrect. Balls. I like Ike as well. I'm going with worst remake, reboot, or sequel. Correct. And this is why this is bullshit. It bested The Day the Earth Stood Still. Terrible remake. Oh, okay. Never. Yeah, you're right. It bested... That, the OG movie there is a uh-huh. goat. It bested Disaster Movie. That's It terrible. bested Speed Racer, which... Uh, Actually, I think a lot of people like it retrospect, and I like it. And it also bested Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Again, that should not have been nominated either. Uh, Worst picture was The Love Guru with Mike Myers. (laughs) Did someone order the special Quebec pizza? Eh? Like in the porno? That might be the worst movie of all time. Somehow we've never done it. Dude, um, so oh, let's do Love Guru. I love that movie. Wait, really? Oh, I am no. the Guru Pishna. Uh, so Mariska uh, Hagate, Margaret Hashkadi. What's your name? Mariska Hagate. Yeah. Bonus question. It's one nothing. Chumsil. Bonus at the 2009 Razzie, this pod featured director won the Worst Career Achievement Award. Pod featured director, Worst Career Achievement. Uh, He's made a lot of video game movies. Uva Bowl. Correct. Uva uh-huh. Bowl. One worst career achievement. If only they knew what was to come. Maybe he'll get it again. God, can you imagine having two, two lifetime disachievement yeah. awards? So it's two nothing, Chumpzilla. Okay. Although slightly discounting that, that second damn. one. But we'll see if it comes down to a tie. Yeah, postal rule, man. Yeah. Number two. Speaking of those Critics' Choice Awards. What did win for best action movie? Is it mm. A, Quantum of Solace? Is it B, Wanted? Is it C, The Incredible Hulk? Is it D, The Dark Knight? Or is it E, Iron Man? I like Ike. Blink, Blake. Dark Knight. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It was The Dark Knight. So it is two to one. 
We are on to number three. The character of Dr. Irina Spalko was inspired by this classic James Bond villain. Mm. Is it A, Dr. No? Is it B, Colonel Rosa Kleb? Is it C, General Orloff? Or is it D, Xenia Onatop? Part time. All right, Bug Blake. Feels an awful lot like Dr. No. It is not Dr. No. Uh, farts and the tarts. I'm going to go with D. Oh, so you said Xenia on the top. It is actually Colonel Rosa Kleb. She's the primary antagonist in From Russia with Love. Dr. No, obviously, is in Dr. No. General Orlov is in Octopussy. Arts. And Xenia on the top is in Golden Eye. It is two to one still. Number four, George Lucas was inspired by an older Indiana Jones having a sci-fi adventure in the 50s after Harrison Ford narrated slash appeared in this episode of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Is it A, Young Indiana Jones and the Scandal of 1920? B, Young Indiana Jones and the Mystery of the Blues? C, Young Indiana Jones and the Phantom Train of Doom? Or D, Young Indiana Jones and the Unicorn's Legacy? Hearts and Tarts. I'm going with B. That is correct. It is Indiana Jones and the Mystery of the Blues. Uh, A, B, and C were all episodes of the show. D is actually a novel of which I just read. It is three to one. You are the winner of the timeshare vacation, but for posterity's sake, number five, the idea for the mystery of the crystal skull was actually Mm -hmm. inspired by real carved skulls that were once thought to be of Aztec origin. These were later determined to be fakes created by this man. Is it A, Yves Chadron? Is it B, Han von Megarin? Megarin? Is it C, Eugene Boban? Or is it D, Max Ernst? Part time. <laughs> Do it, Blake. Do it. Bling, Blake. Let's go with Max Ernst because it's the only one I can pronounce. It is not Max Ernst. Ernst. I it wasn't be Ernst. 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 Uh, give me my remaining answers, T Dubs. Yves Chadron. Han von Megaren. Yeah, you struggle with the second guys. It says the Hans von von Megaren dude. It's actually Eugene Boban, who sold a bunch of these skulls to various museums, and they think that he created them. He was like sort of a. Is that the skull that's featured in like the uh, uh, the opening of the Arthur C. Clarke uh, stuff when he did his like you know yeah might have been yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, so, the Mitchell and Hedges skull is also like a real it, thing, but they're determined to be fake. Yeah, yeah. this is an '80s thing. All these crystal skulls they they could have never been made back, and then they were all fake. Yeah, yeah. So, the '80s was a weird time, kids. So we're on to uh, recommendations. So Chumpsilla, yeah. why don't you kick us off this week? What do you have for recommendations? Oh, this is a slam dunk, man. Watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. It is a top 10 greatest movie of all time. It is a legit film. It's got it's got uh, Dr. Octopus in it. It's fantastic. You can't beat Raiders, man. It, it barely has Dr. Octopus in it. Yeah. He's there for a moment, but no, it's literally like, I feel like, uh, you know, Spielberg's Jaws steals the thunder. Jaws is an okay movie. It's all right. Raiders. Jaws, Jaws is a great movie, but Raiders is a is, Raiders for is me better. for my dollar is a better movie. Yes, it is. 
So, yes, it's one of the best movies of all time. It's amazing. Harrison Ford is great. The whole film is fantastic. So just you know, go back, get on, was it Paramount Plus? Or go find your DVD copy somewhere. Watch Ridgers again. That's a good movie. I think whichever network aired Magnum PI at the time might have been CBS, which would be the only time I'll ever TBS. think CBS I, for anything. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's on repeat somewhere. But uh if not for his TV contract, he would have been Indiana Jones, Tom Selleck. So yeah, it just would close. not have been the same. Close. I like Tom Selleck, sort of, not really. Blue Bloods is terrible, but Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. Bling Blake, what's your recommendation for the week? Well, we know that I am the the resident uh, television guy on the pod. Um, so I mentioned uh, 1923, the the Yellowstone prequel that stars Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. I may have actually recommended it before, um, but that's worth checking out, um, especially if you're a fan of the Yellowstone show. But even if you're not, uh, you don't need to to watch that show or know anything about what's going on with uh, Kevin Costner's Duttons to, to enjoy it. So check it out. But the other one um, is fun because it's Harrison Ford in a, in a comedic turn. Uh, and that is the Apple uh, TV plus show shrinking with Jason Siegel. Man, is it good. Uh, it deals with some heavy topics like, you know, de- depression, but uh and and grief and recovery uh but harrison ford plays the the elder um uh therapist in in a psychiatry practice uh and uh it's just really good it's a great show so definitely check it out you can find it on on apple tv plus um check out shrinking and of course i'd be remiss if i didn't mention my other new favorite show um you can find it on uh the Paramount Plus Network, the Paramount Network, Paramount Plus, uh, and that is True Lies. Uh, you're going to love that one. Check it God out. Damn it. <laughs> There's only one Harry Tasker, and his name is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Also, whoever his stunt double is, who's flagrantly used throughout the film. <laughs> it's just uh, like, it's fine. Yeah. So my recommendation this week is, uh, I love Indiana Jones, which I talked about throughout the pod, but I also love The Legend of Zelda a lot. And Tears of the Kingdom came out. And it's fantastic. So if you have a Switch and you don't play Legend of Zelda for some reason, you should because Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are two of the best games on the Switch. And the new one is super cool. My other recommendation is also on Apple TV, and that is Still, which is a documentary about Michael J. Fox. And uh, speaking of nostalgia, I mean, I think everybody on this pod loves Back to the Future and Michael J. Fox was a huge part of our childhoods because he was super duper famous. He was sort of like the Shia LaBeouf of uh, the day, except a lot less problematic. And uh, he's, you know, been going through Parkinson's and that's pretty well known. And yeah, it's in very, very advanced stages and he's still here. And uh, the documentary is really good. It's heartbreaking in a lot of ways because it's a tough no watch. Cure a for tough Parkinson's watch. disease. And, uh, He's going through it, man. He's struggling and uh, it's hard to see, but it's, it is a good, it is important to hear his story. And uh, it, it was a good movie. So remember you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at hops and Bale flops. You can find myself on Twitter at writer TLK, uh, captain cash. Who's not here, but was supposed to be at <laughs> C A P T C A S H on most hey, social hey, media. Shout out, shout out captain cash. We love you, brother. 
Chumpzilla can be found at Chumpzilla8 on Twitter. McCheese can be found Don't at, at me. Don't at me. I hate all yes, of them. Actually, at him and tell him he's wrong about this movie. Uh, I hate everyone. McCheese can be found at HBF McCheese and Bling Blake. Stalin's fair-haired girl. When he's not rolling around the Kremlin, crying about his lost love. Just because Bling Blake is pretty, I don't think we should knock him. Yeah. just He's got that, that angelic look. And the long locks. I mean, and he he wants to know. He wants yet. to know. Yet. He does say yet in this movie, Indiana Jones. Also, clutch. yeah. <laughs> uh, he can be found at Bling Blake on Twitter. Be sure to check out Wabam Entertainment at wabamentertainment.com for all your nerdy needs. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe and share your ideas for future episodes with us on social media. In the end, listeners, remember one thing. It's a good thing we're not grave robbers. Or if you prefer the melancholy thunderous wizard, one of my favorite lines of this movie and one of the reasons I also love this movie and growing old with characters that I love is when Jim Broadbent's dean of the college says, we seem to have reached the age where life stops giving us things and starts taking them away. And that is a nod to uh, the no longer with us, you know, actor who portrayed Marcus Brody and also Henry Jones Sr., who he was actually offered a cameo in the movie, but Sean Connery declined. But, you know, getting old sucks. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to cry a lot when Dial of Destiny rolls its credits. You can believe that shit. No doubt. So we'll see you next week. Sick, save it. Save it. T-dubs. Save it for when Harrison... Oh, you know he's dying in that movie. Right? Yeah, the Indy's, Indy's for sure dying. Yeah, and it's gonna no, crush but me. like legit Harrison, he's gonna yeah. cross oh, the point well, at some point. So save it, man. Save yeah, it. I don't even want to think of that. Yeah, you shut your mouth on that. I one. have nightmares oh, about when Arnold passes away. So <laughs> oh, it'll God. probably it'll probably be when he's boning his next uh, cleaning lady. I don't think he can hire anybody. I don't think anybody's showing up to his house with his. You know, weird miniature donkey. He's got a pot belly pig. I'd show up for that. I mean, you would for sure. Um, I mean, anyway, so next week, maybe I'm saying too much. In our third Hobson franchise entry flop, we are doing Rocky Five. So, <laughs> Tommy the Machine. Is, is that the one with the robot? No, no that's, that's that's real. Three. The robot. real steel. <laughs> oh, the oh, poly sex yeah. robot. That's right. Yeah. Rocky pa- is it four or three? Yeah, no, four. F- five, five is Tommy Gunn, right? Tommy Gunn. Yeah. yeah. Four it's... is Polly's sex robot. Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> Happy birthday, Polly. Happy birthday, Polly. I thought this was the robot one. No. Oh, oh wow. God. I, what I wouldn't give to talk about. I'd much rather be talking about Rocky mm. Four yeah. than. No, Rocky Five has no, no sex robots whatsoever. Bring your bring your mouth guards and a bucket to spit into. It's gonna be yeah. a rough one. Damn. All right. Okay. We'll see you next week.